0: Britney's free. I won't curse this early in the podcast, but Britney is free. Kyle Rittenhouse is also free. We'll talk about the gun wielding 17-year-old not guilty on all charges. We'll talk Biden's infrastructure bill. We'll talk the pullback in the crypto space. We'll talk the dollar flirting and kissing that 96 level. We'll talk gold, we'll talk Malcolm X's killers being exonerated, a whole lot to get to, and man, am I glad to have Mr. Nick Hodge back. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 144 of Bizarro World. Mr. Hodge, how goes you, sir? Good to have you back. I'm glad to be back,
1: though a bit disappointed I did not get to touch on Elon's balls.
0: Well, um, you're a bit older than uh, the, the the dates that he typically likes to host. So, you know, it's usually in the 19 to 23 age range. So I don't know that you should be feeling like you've missed out. I think you may not have been in the running in the first place, Nick. Just a suspicion.
1: Uh, the crypto crowd uh, leans younger too, I think. <laughs> I
0: really like uh, how was your week away, sir? It was pretty
1: good, uh, Gerardo. I had some high expectations going into it. I thought it was going to be, I suppose, like a Jurassic Park for elk. And it turned out to be uh, quite tough hunting. Uh, we were able to scratch out one elk between my dad and I. And so that was a good experience. Obviously good to be with him for the week and uh, to put my first elk in the books. Though uh, we had a shot at a bigger one and my dad happened to miss. But, you know, Bozeman is beautiful. We got to see um in fact like from the ranch we were hunting you could see active gold mines like barracks golden sunlight mine and uh, the rancher who was hosting us knew what that was and then a bunch of uh mines along the way including one that i financed uh, this week in lannister mining it's called that has a asset outside of phillipsburg which is just off uh, i-90 which you drive along to get to bozeman and so uh beautiful scenery elk in the freezer time with my dad Uh, reflecting on it, you know, it was uh, pretty good. So thanks for asking.
0: I'm glad to hear that you got time with your dad. Always great to be able to unwind a bit. I'm sorry that, The hunting aspect of your trip to meet the high expectations. I thought the segue from Elon to high expectations was pretty well and tastefully done. So congrats on that, sir. Good to have you back, as I said. Let's talk about what you missed, Nick. Gold is right at that 1850 level, closed at 1847, despite a dollar that while you were gone has now surged above the 96 level i know that is a theme that i have been for the longest um trying to wrap my head around why that capital flight hadn't gone to the major u.s indices and cryptos and gold and the dollar and the one the two laggards had been gold and the dollar and so it is interesting to me that while we're not there yet we have overhead resistance in the gold space um it's holding up really well and surged the past week and a half, despite a dollar that also, again, is is, is, is perking up uh, at a pr- pretty rapid pace, right?
1: I haven't entirely figured it out, uh, you know, for the past whatever, six months or a year. It was really 94 on that DXY mm-hmm. that the dollar was bumping up against. And like you say, I, I go away for a week and we break through that and it's up, Um you know, I think it's given a bit of pause to to crypto. You mentioned a crypto pullback in the intro. Uh, tough for crypto to go up alongside uh, the dollar. I'm not sure what happens uh, actually next. And so i'm I'm curious like you, but uh, if I had to 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 reach out there, I think that you know we get another uh, couple of months of solid stock performance mm-hmm. and, uh, during a rotation into a uh, a stronger a gold bull market. And um, what was the other thing I was going to mention here? You also had a bit of a pullback in commodities, right? Commensurate mm-hmm. of strength in the dollar, like uh, oil ticking down to 77 from the the mid 80s, uh, copper ticking down from 470 something to 430 something. I don't think you're done with Uh, The commodity price rises yet, uh, specifically for the two I just mentioned, but uh, others as well. And so uh, I'm interested, uh, as you are, and I'm sure as many are, to see if those continued rising commodity prices uh, come alongside a continued strength in the dollar. And as I always say, that's above my pay grade
0: above your pay grade, but you seem to do pretty damn well with it. You mentioned oil fell to a six-week low. Um, the narrative there is that nationwide lockdowns in Austria um, <laughs> is just somewhat going to temper demand. And again, I think it's a bullshit narrative. I think it's not that. I think it's just everything pulls back. Things don't go straight up, right?
1: Yeah, you can make up a million reasons for it. Um the stronger dollar, you know, return of lockdowns, tick up in cases for COVID, which is uh, actually a real thing. And so, uh, are those the real reasons? Um, is it one of them? Is it all of them? Again, I don't know, but uh, I'm sort of with you. Uh, trees don't go to the grow to the sky, and uh, you know, the pullbacks are necessary for next legs higher. And. Um, Well, I put my money where my mouth is. So I recommended an oil stock yesterday, recommended a Bitcoin fund yesterday. And Mm -hmm. um, I think you get a resumption in the, the bullish trends for both those things.
0: I was excited to have Mr. Chris Curl, who bravely came on the podcast despite listening to it um, in the past. And, uh, you know, he 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 kind of gave me a brief primer on the crypto space and why he feels we're on the verge of seeing the mania phase in one sector of the crypto space. And I am by no means a crypto expert, haven't dabbled, look forward to dabbling with his guidance um, but it was great to have him on. He'll be launching his service um here soon, obviously, under the Digest Publishing banner. Um, You and I are ponying up $50,000 into a fund that he will manage, putting our money where our mouth is, as we typically do. And I am excited to see what he's able to do with that in light of the most recent pullback that you alluded to, Bitcoin at $57,000. Um, you know, we can go down the list, but everything's kind of pulled back just a tad bit. Any thoughts there?
1: A um, couple. <laughs> you know, we're, uh, I'm itching to get that started, right? We're um, going to be using a couple of um, a- exchanges to buy those coins. Uh, we're opening corporate accounts to do so. And I want to get those funded sooner than later, especially given the uh, pullback. I was talking to Chris uh, this week. He says that um, altcoins have recovered uh, quite well already, or are starting to, which is uh, a good sign. And so, I don't want to uh, miss this window. I think that um, Chris is relatively modest and, and understands the the markets and the psychology of some of these cryptos quite well. He was talking to you about um, looking at sort of the meme potential and the, the social media potential of, of some of these coins, which mm-hmm. is very important, right? Um, as funny as Elon's balls and <laughs> come, come, come rockets are, I was looking at some of those charts and those had like um, eight to nine hundred percent weeks. Right. And so uh, those coins had like four five, six, seven zeros in front of the first numeral on them. And so when you get those are like Australian stocks for people familiar, um, when those tick up a uh, tenth, a hundredth, a thousandth, a millionth of a penny. Right. Uh, you can multiply your wealth uh quite fast, uh, risky for sure, but uh, that's why we're going to be allocating, right? And so, you know, we've already selected the coins where how much of the 50,000 we want to allocate and, you know, we'll be buying in tranches just like we do with uh, stocks and, and selling rips if, if they happen to occur and, and all that stuff. And so, um, yeah, that that market is, is developing fast and it's... Um, becoming part of the, the financial markets, which is a, a big theme. I, I won't bel- belabor it, but, um, and it's, uh, they're working together in some respects and there's animosity in, in other respects, certainly among, and, and Chris alluded to this in a recent editorial, you know, uh, like the gold bugs, just think about how much Peter Schiff hates Bitcoin, for example, right? It's been, <laughs> like the inflation uh, darling or... Um, what had uh, just happened this week that I saw? like um, some some crypto folks were trying to buy like a first edition copy of the u s. Constitution. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the CEO mm-hmm. of, oh, it's slipping uh, my uh, mind right now. Ken Ken Griffith, uh, CEO of a big financial firm. Has stepped in at the last minute and outbid outbid them for forty some Citadel CEO. You got it. There you go. Yep. And so um, you know that's uh, symbolic, right? It's sort of like the the old guard or the you know the entrenched institution saying, you know, not yet, young bucks. Like you're not coming in here with this uh, nouveau rich money and and buying this U.S. Constitution. And so anyway. Um, you asked me for my thoughts. I guess those are my thoughts. But uh, I think big opportunity still in, in crypto and excited to get that the, uh, those accounts funded and, and launch this new service.
0: So crypto commodities, which, you know, we we, we consider, I believe you consider it like I consider, uh, you know, Bitcoin a, a, a commodity. Am I wrong commodities, in that? Sure. Absol- nope. a- yeah. Absolutely. So copper, oil, uranium, tiny little pullback. You think that's an opportunity as I do?
1: I cannot wait for what's next in uranium.
0: Uh, I'm, mm. glad you men- I'm glad you <laughs> mentioned
1: it. It's consolidated uh, quite nicely. I um, I mean, specifically to the letters, decided not to sell any Azarga. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll become an Encore shareholder, have been buying uh, Denison in the open market, have, as you know, written a check into a new private deal and uh, shaken the bush for additional private deals uh, in the uranium space. And no, I think that... Um, it's got a long way to go. Has consolidated nicely, and uh, importantly, the uh, news cycle continues to facilitate it. Right? You got, you know, Bill Gates uh, building a small reactor in Wyoming that's been in the news in the past week, and another uh, fusion breakthrough in uh, China, and uh, more talk about, uh, you know, the U.S. needing domestic supplies to meet their clean energy goals, and so. Uh, Everything is aligning there. The uranium is really exciting for sure.
0: Very, very exciting. Uh, You and I both wrote several checks on a private deal that we are excited to see go public. I think 2022 is going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun for those of us that have been positioned well. And... um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how the year closes out, and I'm really looking forward to 2022, an excellent time for those of you that have been sitting on the sidelines to come in and learn a little bit about the commodity space, the crypto space, uranium, lithium, all these mega trends that are going to continue to outperform for years on end, not days, not weeks, not months, years. If you can pick halfway okay, you're going to do extremely well, and I'm so excited for it. And tin. And tin. <laughs> you guys will find out about that one in January. Not telling them that one for free. <laughs> Let's talk about Sleepy Joe. Uncle Joe. Call him what you want to call him. He just passed a $2 trillion bill. Um that he says is revenue neutral. The CBO says not quite. It's, you know, there's about a $360 billion deficit. Let's not argue about the paper because the paper is going to be printed whether or not we buy real things with it. Can we agree on that, Nick?
1: I would have said the same thing.
0: Yeah, they're going to find a way to print paper. So let's at least get something out of it. Um, I actually, have you had a chance to go through the bill at all? I have
1: not just at the headline level, I I know where some of the money is allocated to, but uh, would love to hear it from you.
0: No, look, I actually think there's a lot in this bill that I like. Again, let me let me qualify that statement under the assumption that whether it's Sleepy or Uncle Joe, right, or the Trumpster, whoever the hell you want to put in office, whoever's there is going to print money. The only question is, how are we going to allocate that counterfeited money? And so if we're going to allocate it towards the elderly and healthcare and education and an immigration rework, which we haven't really had since Reagan in 87, um, when my parents became residents, I am all for that aspect of the bill. There was some bullshit in this bill. There are some things that they're doing with Anwar, and 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 for those that familiar with Anwar, that's uh, you know a large um, area in Alaska that's fertile for oil deposits. And, and given inflation and what the Fed is doing with inflation, um, you know, enabling it and lighting the fire and, and you know <laughs> making it bigger, um, it, it, it's a little concerning to me to see the scaling back of land that Alaska has managed really responsibly as a state and developed responsibly as a state um, that was granted under 2017 for exploration under Trump. And and, and to see that get rolled back or proposed to get rolled back, that concerns me a bit. I think he's way off on that. But let me tell you what I do like. $270 billion towards childcare. I... Like that. $200 billion will go towards expanding the child tax credit um, and the earned income tax credit for lower income families. And so, of course, that is going to help provide for um, childcare, which we've talked on this podcast before. It's almost as expensive, if not more, to put your two or three-year-old in childcare while you work than it is to send an 18-year-old to college, right? It- and it's absolutely crazy to me that we have a system that, and, and and some of this is again, you know, central bank policy, but that we have a system that enables for that to be the case. I like the paid family leave aspect of it. It's uh, $200 billion to provide four weeks of paid family and medical leave starting in 2024. That seems basic to me if it's allocated correctly. um, That would apply to full-time and part-time workers. And so I, 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 I like that. There's a reconciliation bill that would create, quote unquote, the largest mass legalization program for undocumented immigrants in U.S. history. Now, for my right-wing friends, my right-wing friends here in the U.S. that are anti-immigrant or immediately look at that and say, you know, we're going to be overwhelmed with criminals, a pathway towards legalization does exactly what every American citizen should want for the immigrants that are coming into this country. It provides a transparent way for non-criminals with clean backgrounds with skilled labor or low-wage labor that can contribute to this country's economy, it provides a way for them to work within the system and come out of the shadows. The current system is broken. However you feel about it, neither administration has done anything on this since Ronald Reagan, since the Republicans did way back in 87. And so, you know, this this, this isn't a path towards U.S. citizenship but it is a path for undocumented immigrants to pay into the tax system under their own tax ID number, um, to be vetted and, and, and have background checks on them, and to be able to be more transparent with who's in this country. Because again, in the famous words of the great poet Tupac Shakur, I don't want to live next to the rapist any more than you do. I don't want to live next to the murderer any more than you do. But if we don't provide a way to be able to vet people then all we're going to do is guess and the guessing isn't going to happen uh, by 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 the people that are the noblest amongst us right it's going to be based on income class and 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 you know ethnicity and everything that goes along with not having a system in place that is transparent to see if you qualify or don't qualify and so i'm all for that aspect of it as somebody that comes from a family of immigrants that came to this country um looking for you know that upward mobility that america once provided so well I'm encouraged by that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that part of it.
1: A lot of common sense there. I'll, I'll try to start at the beginning. Like you, I'd rather money conjured up, go toward something than um, mailing everybody checks or buying uh, assets that exacerbate wealth inequality. So um, if we're going to fix uh, programs, if we're going to fix infrastructure, then uh, I'm more for that than the other. The uh, child care... The thing is important. You mentioned it costs as much as uh, in-state tuition for an eighteen-year-old to send your 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 kid to daycare, and that's right. And uh, the people at daycare aren't making that much uh, either. I think you know daycare is one of the worst businesses to own as far as you know margins and. Uh, profitability are concerned and so to alleviate some of the strain there is not only good for that industry but good I think also for um, other things that we're facing right now like labor shortages because hmm. you've got to assume hmm. that uh, one of the reasons folks aren't going back to work is because they've got to choose between uh, child care or how much they're making at their uh, day job right and if it's that expensive uh, why would you go to work when you could just stay home and take care of your uh, kids. So hopefully it has uh, effects uh, beyond just the, the child care system. Obviously, time for uh, an immigration overhaul and similar to you, though, not exactly the same. My grandfather came in there in the Kennedy administration in a call for skilled labor. And so um, understand the necessity for that and the need for the, the system to be improved as um, your white your right wing friends should Uh, understand as well, right? It's not, uh, you know, anti-immigration. Well, maybe it is for them, but it's more, you know, wanting to get it uh, done right. And like you say, if you don't know who's coming into the country and there's uh, not at least uh, a path created, um, then where do you even start? And so, um, you know, there are both sides are, will say what they want to say. You know, we're at one of the most de- divisive points in in, in recent, um, not just memory, but before I was alive. And so, if you look at Pew polls, uh, sorry, I'm rambling a little bit. But you, not only do people not agree on the way, forward, <laughs> like the, the policy, but they don't even agree on basic facts, right? And so, um,
0: that's hopefully- Pew, everybody, not pupils. Pew polls.
1: <laughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> So no no no, and so um, hopefully we can agree that yeah, in order to fix the system you gotta you gotta start somewhere. What was the the quote for our meeting this week? And nothing can be changed until you at least face it, right? And so um, all this stuff seems like uh, fairly common sense stuff in the right direction.
0: I like it. I like universal free pre K for three and four year olds. Again, that's going to provide an opportunity for early education for a lot of kids that otherwise couldn't afford it, but it's also going to free those parents up to be productive and to work and to educate themselves. You know, my sister's working towards her masters right now, and luckily, you know, she's got the flexibility financially um, to be able to have, or she had, you know, the flexibility financially to have my youngest niece, who's now in school, home for the past four years while she's worked towards that. But you know, in a different situation, she may have not been able to pursue that um, had it not been for the financial flexibility that she was able um, to, to to have. And so, I like universal free pre K. Um, you know, let me tell you what I don't like. I I, I start. Cringing a little bit when we start giving $555 billion in quote unquote ways to address climate change. And then I look that I look at who's gonna benefit. And of course, it's gonna be the companies that are installing solar panels and that sell electric vehicles. Um, and again, I'm a real capitalist at heart. True capitalism, right? Let the market decide. Uh, I don't know if uh, you know a $12,500 credit um, to a middle-class family subsidized by the U.S. taxpayer is where I want my tax dollars to go if I realize that the person buying that electric vehicle likely is in position to not need that tax credit. I think there's better ways to spend that portion of that budget Um, There's also financial incentives for making wind turbines and clean energy equipment domestically and in union organized factories. I'd like to see more details on that. Um, So yeah, you know, $325 billion in climate-related tax breaks. I'm curious to see how that's allocated. Um, Very curious to see how that's allocated. I like the expanded Medicare investment. Uh, I like the expanded Medicaid investment for low-income people. Uh, I like a plan to try to lower prescription drug costs for seniors. I think all of those are good common sense ways and reasons to counterfeit money for. I'm all for that. There's some exceptions, obviously. I think I highlighted a couple of those and hopefully some of that made sense. Any more thoughts on that, Nick?
1: It's well known that those electric vehicle tax credits are for doctors and lawyers' wives to get their electric car. Um, That's typically how the wall street journal and, and financial papers write about them because like you say those people are only buying those cards because they're in a financial position to do so and they can uh get the the tax benefit um i guess i would say recognize what that means uh investment wise right if you're not uh whatever able to benefit from that tax credit or at least be able to to use it for what it means right uh, a higher likely uh, prices for the inputs for those electric vehicles and for the companies that make them. And so if your government is going to um, give relatively uh, well-off people uh, money to buy electric cars, why not own shares in the companies that are going to benefit that for your own bottom line? And That's just sort of how I think about things, I guess.
0: I like it. The last one that I really like, and, and I know this is going to sound counterintuitive, is, is, is a... 15% corporate minimum tax on large corporations. We've talked before about, you know, Biden and, and 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 the left gets up there and talks about the rich not paying their fair share. And it's really the ultra rich that aren't paying their fair share, right? So I like the fact that this 15% corporate minimum tax is focusing on large corporations, not on, you know... And again, this will not win me any favor from my friends on the left, but, you know, million dollar corporations like the one that you and I have, we don't have billion dollar companies. We have million dollar companies. And so, you know, do I feel we should be targeted? No, we pay our fair amount of taxes. Trust me, we just sent some checks and I have another one that I have to write here soon. Um, But but I like that and I like the tax that targets companies performing stock buybacks because that can be manipulated if you have the right accounting team. Um Did you have a comment on the stock buyback tax?
1: I'm for uh, all that, Gerardo. And so i am long said that the corporations need to pay uh, their fair share. Going back to, you know, even the Supreme Court decision, Citizens United, you know, I don't think corporations are people. So, um, yes, they often pay zero taxes. And we've talked about that uh, a lot. And um, no buybacks, I don't have a, a specific opinion on them.
0: And $1.2 trillion for the largest investment in building and fixing the bridges since construction of our interstate highway system in the 50s. Again, that seems like a great cause to counterfeit money for. Um, I, I, I travel across the country every year. I love driving it. I drive to Chicago from Austin, from Round Rock. And, you know, I, I like the history of it. I like, you know, I, I, I've enjoyed the time with my boys and my wife. Um, pointing out, you know, different bridges and different places and, you know, the historical significance. And I got to tell you, my Lord, does the country need some infrastructure upgrades across the country? Um, I don't think there's a state that's exempt. And so um, I, I like that as well. Again, I'll put a link up to everything that's included, how the Build Back Better Act, as they're calling it, is broken down. And uh, curious to see what everybody thinks about that. There you go. All right. Um you said something that, that, that kind of stuck. You said we're living through one of the most divisive, divisive times in American history. I agree with you 100%. And I think that the Kyle Rittenhouse acquittal um, news that just came in, of course, we record on Friday and publish on Monday. I think it is very, um, it's a great example of where we are, at least on Twitter, at least on, um, you know, in the media, on where we are as a country and how polarized we are as a country. Have you had a chance to look over the acquittal for Mr. Rittenhouse, Nick?
1: I've I've looked, yeah, we sort of, well, you definitely, but if I had to bet, I would have bet it went this way as well. So yeah, where do you want to start?
0: Let, let, let's start on, for, 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 you know, my Canadian and Australian and English friends and people from across everywhere, you know, that, that, that write in and always send nice comments for the most part. Um, let, let's start with what this is. Kyle Rittenhouse is a 17 year old that during the Black Lives Matters protests where mostly peaceful protests but definitely some agitators um from both sides were burning shit down and breaking through windows and this 17-year-old kid decided that it was you know up to him to go grab an assault rifle illegally because in this country you can't have an assault rifle at 17 I should point that out um he decided that he would go out there to protect quote unquote um another city he's not even from where this happened in Wisconsin. He drove there. And so he ran around the streets with an assault rifle and it ended up in the death of one gentleman and the shooting of, of, of or two gentlemen were killed and a, a third was shot. So let's start. And, and I'm going to be really brief on, on, on the charges because I want to get to the verdict, but the charges were first-degree intentional homicide, first-degree reckless homicide, attempted first-degree intentional homicide. And on those three charges, I actually agree with the jury. I'm yeah. not a lawyer. I'm not a defense lawyer. I'm not a prosecutor. I've seen how prosecutors and defense lawyers work. I think the defense fucked this up. Um, but...
1: Wrong charges, you mean?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I The prosecution, I'm sorry. The prosecution fucked this up completely wrong charges. So he would have, if I'm running around the middle of the street in the middle of mostly peaceful protests, but definitely some rioters and it's getting later and there's fires. Um, and I'm, I have an assault rifle and I'm looking around. I should have a reasonable doubt about my safety. And if somebody points a gun at me, they are getting lit up. Believe you me, if y'all approach me and you ever see me with a weapon, the weapon will be used if I believe I'm in danger. So I do believe that he had the right to defend himself, despite the fact that it was an illegal weapon, that he should not have had it, and despite the fact that he drove from a completely different community to quote unquote protect the community. So on those charges, I'll go right through them. I agree with the jury completely. Where I don't agree is how can you find this young man not guilty? of recklessly endangering the safety of others and recklessly endangering the safety of others in the second degree. The bar for those two charges seems pretty low to me. And the fact that at one point during the trial, he admitted that he fired on a person that he knew was unarmed and he knew was not lunging towards him. He just fired in the direction because after shooting and killing the first person that did have a weapon, he He of course, had a heightened state, and so he shot off. I don't know how a jury was able to acquit him of those charges, and again, for those of you listening from you know different places in the United States, those were minor charges anyway there there, there wasn't a lot of time or or you know uh, consequence if he got found guilty for those, but it was interesting to me that it was not guilty across the board. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Nick, and then we can get into how the right and the left are reacting like this is the worst thing or the best thing since sliced bread because that's where we are in this country right now.
1: Yeah, the response is a a whole separate thing. I think you laid it out pretty well and and I come down actually uh, pretty close to uh, you, right? If uh, someone points a gun at you, you have uh, in this country a right to defend yourself. And again, if I had to bet, I would have said that the verdict would have come out this way. Excuse me. Do I think he went to uh, another state looking for trouble? Mm -hmm. Yep. Do I think that um, he maybe got off on it a little bit or enjoyed it? You know, I I do. And um, that's maybe a part of the later discussion. But the way the law uh, is, I totally get uh, the first three charges because first degree is, is a premeditated murder, you know going there looking for trouble is not going there looking to uh, kill someone, certainly not, you know, someone specifically. And so uh, I get that, but like you, um, he, at least for me, you know, I think he went there looking for trouble and, you know, shooting, mm-hmm. off, random sh- shooting off random shots is, is certainly a reckless endangerment. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what the jury was uh, deliberations were like, I didn't get a chance to tune into the uh, entire trial, but, um, definitely, uh, divisive. And, um, one more thing, I guess, before we get into the the responses, you can even see, um, a backlash to the Black Lives Matter protests and the defund the police in the recent elections, right? Mm -hmm. Because some mayoral candidates, uh, were running, uh, against you know defunding the police and um there was a strong voter response to that uh, to not uh, defunding the police and so uh, that's in the face of i guess increased crime rates of late which are still uh, historically diminished but um there's not a lot of room for nuance right now so um yeah everything is now uh, a meme and and uh, like I said, the Pew poll showed that we can't even agree on uh, facts. So um, <laughs> say that again. We I, can't I, I agree on wanna, facts. I don't even want to wade into the what's going on in social media right now uh, between the two sides. But um, look, there was uh, a reason that these protests took place uh, that was valid. Um, I think the actions of a few individuals on both sides aren't reflective of uh, the larger position or, or what a, many in, in, in that group would do. And so um, it's unfortunate that we're going to uh, focus on this um, one young man as a, a caricature of the entire thing because it's much more important uh, than him and and. Uh, the two people who unfortunately lost their lives. but um, yeah, this will control the narrative for uh, a couple of days, but I don't think the uh, problems with the uh, policing in this inst- policing institution in this country have been dealt with uh, yet and certainly this uh, case didn't do anything to deal with them.
0: The institutions themselves that allow for something like this to happen, um is 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 what i take bigger issue with right anyone out there that believes that during those protests a person of color would have been able to run down the street with an assault rifle after killing a man walk right past cops and then go be handed water and ushered to safety you, you 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 either don't live here or 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 just you know, aren't aware of the way the institution is set up. And I'm not making it about race. I'm making it about class. Um, it's well, it's, we know
1: that the police themselves were uh, hunting the protesters, right? We talked about this on the podcast. There was the Rolling exa- Stone article that had the quotes about all that.
0: Exactly. And that's my bigger problem with all of this. It's the institution that encourages this type of behavior. And so the precedent that was just set... We're going to be talking two years from now when everybody thinks, everybody thinks that they can go out there with an assault rifle and just pop off, um, and, and, and more people die in the streets and it's, it's, it's going to be another one of those turnings that we talk about moments in a turning, um, That is gonna it's gonna lead to bloodshed, y'all. I don't know how else to put that. I keep telling everybody, you know, in my own way, to be careful and be safe. Has in multiple events already, yeah. And I think it's going to escalate. And you know, when we talk about the institutions, I'm not just talking about you know police departments. I'm 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 talking about you know FBI. (laughs) It was really interesting to me that this verdict comes a day after two of Malcolm X's convicted killers were exonerated. After decades of being in prison, there's an 83-year-old man who has been in prison since 1965 and was just exonerated. And then, you know, when, when, when you dig into that, you know, as I dig into the, the, the history of it, um, and I, I, I look at all the facts, one of the gentlemen, the, the 83-year-old gentleman who spent, you know, the last how many decades, you know, six, seven decades in prison— Um, the FBI knew and had evidence and the police did as well that this gentleman was home with a leg injury. There were also undercover police agents in the ballroom in Harlem when Malcolm X were killed, was killed. There were, there's now records that have been unsealed that late FBI director, J. Edgar Hoover ordered FBI agents to tell witnesses not to reveal that they were informants when talking with police and prosecutors. So again, my biggest problem is with the institutions that allow for zero accountability because of the immunity laws for anyone involved with putting a man in prison for seven decades, seven decades, when they had evidence that he couldn't have possibly have done it, that he was innocent. That deserves the death penalty to me, Nick. You took this man's life away. You stripped him from his family and you knew he was guilt. He was not guilty. And, and and you had FBI informants testifying against this man being leaned on by the FBI being leaned on by the police because rats will say anything to save their own skin. And again, everybody knows I have issues with informants. There's no accountability in this country. We don't know how much they're paid. We don't know you know, the budget. We don't know what crimes are allowed to commit. You know, I just saw the, 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 the proud boy guy. What's his name? The Tirico guy, Enrique Tirico. Um, He's complaining that life in prison isn't all he thought it was going to be. And he, he wants to get out now because he got sentenced to four years. But we now know that he was an informant for years, for years. And so how many crimes was that guy allowed to commit before they said, OK, enough is enough. You're out here on Instagram committing the crimes. We can't cover this up for you. That should be criminal. And that's a system that should be done away with. And again, it it speaks to the larger problem with the justice system and our institutions that are supposed to enforce that justice in this country. They're corrupt. They're broken. I I, I don't know what other example I can give you. Forget the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, which I actually agree with most of it. And forget how people are celebrating it on one side and acting like this is the worst thing since, you know, uh, the last apocalypse. Let's look at the bigger problem, and that's, and that's you know, justice reform and, and, and the institutions that enable this type of stuff. The institutions that allow two men to be in prison you know, for seven, six, seven decades, um, knowing, knowing that the institutions that put him there know they were innocent and hid the evidence and didn't give it to the defense. I feel like somebody should die for that. I'm sorry. If you believe in the death penalty, and, and for those that don't, I feel somebody should be in prison for life.
1: It comes down to accountability and um, really the problem with uh, the current state of our uh, government and financial system and the other, the utter lack of it. Right. Um, you know, well-documented that the FBI was, uh, you know, trying to kill uh, black leaders like. Uh, oh, they did. <laughs> exactly right. So. Um, uh, and then, you know, with no accountability and no direction from, uh, the populace, right? So you you just, you know, wonder at whose, uh, direction they're, uh, acting. And the, the same goes for on down the line, which is why you say it's, uh, sort of the heart of the problem, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, the institutionalized, uh, robbing of, of citizens by cops that went on in Baltimore and the planting of fake guns and, and drugs to, uh, arrest people that were innocent or the the ongoing uh theft of of people's property from civil forfeiture like that's all uh tentacles of the same nasty squid and so hmm. um like i like i said it's not dealt with yet we haven't gotten anywhere to solving it with the uh kyle rittenhouse thing and so um you mentioned the fourth turning i mean uh that's one part of it right and the uh, the resolution, let's say, to um, all this stuff that's going on depends on the the response of the country, and so you know, we just had two discussions about two different issues, and one felt sort of really positive, right, and one <laughs> didn't feel so positive, and so you can sort of see how these responses are playing out to the to the issues of our time.
0: Agreed. Agreed. On a lighter note, Britney's free bitches. Brittany won. She sure is. <laughs> I'm so happy for Brittany. Um Yeah, it's really yeah. you want to give everybody the news, Nick? I'd like to think that the Bizarro World podcast played a small part in making this happen. And you're welcome, Brittany.
1: I mean, I'm not going to give you too many details. <laughs> I don't have an article open in front of me. But, you know, basically, her life had been ruled by this uh, conservator- conservatorship. And her dad, who, you know, sounds like colluded with a lot of folks to make her seem uh, crazy and effectively steal by my math. $50, 60000000 million of uh, her proceeds from the mega smash tour she had. And so um, she's got 60-some million bucks left, and it's hers to spend now. So go you, girl.
0: Get it, Brittany. I'm happy for her. Good for her. Um, 13 years of someone manipulating every aspect of your life, deciding what you could spend, deciding if you could have a baby, deciding if you could get married. Um, man, I hope her dad gets whatever the universe feels he deserves. As I say all the time, all I wish for everyone, including myself, is reciprocity, right? Whatever I have coming, come on with it. I'm ready for it. I wish the same for everybody. Last but not least, a Republican, Miss Nancy Mace of South Carolina, has introduced legislation to federally decriminalize marijuana. And, you know, she she says it's a measure that would give states freer reign to pass their own laws and regulations without fear of federal reprisals. I am so for that all the way around. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I know how you feel about this, Nick. Do you think this is something that'll stick given, you know, Biden and Harris's uh, disdain for the cannabis enjoyers?
1: No, but I think that, um it will continue to foster the conversation. So the Democrats aren't gonna let uh, uh, the Republican be the one that has the bill that you know does it that decriminalizes uh we but it will hopefully um not force but encourage them to come up with better ideas on their own because this bill was uh actually pretty good. It it mm-hmm. had a little a little bit of things for everybody, and so. Uh, we're starting to get back in the right direction. The cannabis stocks have, you know, not been great. Uh, they started out the year looking pretty good, and and, and I had higher hopes for them uh, this year. But <laughs> they sort of they sort of fizzled once. Um, what you just said, the market sort of sussed out that uh, Biden wasn't going to do anything about it, and so um, there's been a couple of wins, uh, a, a couple of buyouts, like. Um, Leave just finished its buyout of harvest, which is something we would have been talking about earlier in the years, you know, doubled our money on, Um, but it's been sort of tough since then. And so um, what was I going to say? The earnings that have just come out and uh, you know, they're a bit uh, depressed because markets have been slow to open up. Um, But I don't think the consolidation is over yet. And so, um, I think that that cannabis stocks are a big tax loss selling candidate, like especially if you had a really good year in, in, in uh, other commodities, which you should have. Mm. So uh, take your tax loss was, was my advice if you're, if you're down significantly on some of your cannabis holdings um, and then look to uh, get positioned uh, heading out of this year and into early next year, there's, Uh, some good companies, multi-state operators that are going to get uh, bought out, like Forefront Ventures is one of them. You get your money's worth on this week's podcast. Mm. Uh, And so um, is it going to be at a multiple of two or three? I don't know. Can you make you 40, 50% of your money holding it for six or 10 months? Yeah, that's pretty good, right? So I don't know if that answered your question or not. I don't think this bill is the one that does it, but I think you start to get a better environment uh, for cannabis in years ahead, but not at the end of this year.
0: To my Christian friends, can you talk to your Christian friends? Because the Palmetto family, Dave Wilson, the president of the Palmetto family, who's a conservative Christian lobbying organization, came out and said, marijuana is the number one gateway drug to the exploding opioid crisis That is ravaging our state, and this will make the crisis exponentially worse. These are the same organizations that came out and raised defense money for Kyle Rittenhouse before knowing if he was guilty or not guilty, because nobody knew until the case was presented, right? And so um, just, again, to my Christian friends, talk to your Christian friends, and um, come on, man, (laughs) come on, I'll leave it there. (laughs) What are you watching this week, Nick?
1: what am i watching we already mentioned uranium i think that it's uh it's due for a breakout watching that uh dollar to see if it continues to uh have strength or not um we already talked about it all i'm looking for uh a, a bounce in in bitcoin uh, crypto in general and uh oil and uh I'm going away again so i'm looking forward to uh thanksgiving with my family and
0: how about you Patriot battery metals. I've I've mentioned it the past couple of weeks. It ticked up pretty good this last week on some really good volume. Um, They're due for results any day. I actually thought we might see them this week. We did not. Um, This being Friday, of course, um, I believe we have to see them next week. And I hope it's early in the week. And if they hit anything of significance on either their 10 kilometer copper gold trend, or there are 25 kilometer, which is actually even more interesting to me right now. Lithium trend, um, you know Quebec, and you know critical elements, right? Not a bad place to have a lithium, a new lithium discovery, or a new copper discovery. Um, so that I'm, I'm I'm looking for that because I think I think a, a discovery there is going to take that much much higher. I'm biased. We helped finance it at 16 cents uh we've made good money. It hit as high as seventy eight eighty cents It's pulled back pretty significantly after stock came free trading and everybody flipped it uh to hold that warrant uh I'm holding shares I'm holding warrants i've added um I know several friends and uh people close to me that have as well, and fingers crossed on that front, so I'll be watching for that it's uh it's It's a great time for a lithium discovery if you can have one.
1: I don't think critical elements is uh, done yet. hard rock lithium prices continue mm-hmm. to uh, tick higher and so uh, like that space for sure. Have to tell you that uh, Playboy hit forty dollars. I think we were talking about it in the in the low twenties and so um, continue to get your dividends paid by Bizarro World.
0: It's that sticky ecosystem, everybody. (laughs) I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. It's great having you back, Nick. This was our weekly therapy session. We call Bizarro World number 144. Y'all have a great Thanksgiving here and have yourself a great holiday wherever you are. Say something nice to the people, Nick. Gobble,
1: gobble.
0: Gobble, gobble.